Welcome to week one of Faith Is. And this series is going to be so timely, so needed for you, for me, for us. I think you may be surprised when you hear that we're going to be talking about faith. You're like, yeah, I know about that. Or yeah, no, I'm not sure if I need that. Oh, we need this. And so I am so excited that you have joined us as we talk about this big word right here, faith. It's a very common word in church circles among Christians. In fact, I think in culture, in society, there are so many cliches and so many uses of the word faith, so much so that the word faith is very familiar to most people, even though the meaning has gotten a little fuzzy. Because of all the cliches, people talk about having faith and have a little faith, as if faith is something you can possess and something that's a product, because that's a... There's a part of faith that is like that. It is something you can have. But then people talk about more faith. Oh, you need more faith. As if you get more faith is better than less faith, and you're better off, and your life is better if you have more than not. People talk about keeping the faith. right? They write songs about it. Maybe some of your favorite songs in the 80s were about that. right? As if the faith is something that if you keep it, you're encouraged and you hang in there and hey, you keep the faith. Other scenarios we find ourselves where people talk about having lost their faith or having left the faith because they were so discouraged or things went wrong and now they don't go to church and now they don't pray or now they don't believe what they used to believe. So they have lost faith or they have left the faith. People talk about taking a leap of faith. Some kind of risk, uh, some kind of jump into the dark, into the unknown, based upon what they feel like God would have them do. A leap of faith in response to what many people would consider the will of God is for their life. You hear people talking about someone being a person of faith. That he's a man of faith, she's a woman of faith, they're a person of faith because they have so much faith, whatever faith is, and we'll get to that, they have so much of it that they are now characterized by it. We even take faith and use it as a word to describe our entire religious experience. We talk about the faith, right? The faith talking about Christianity. The faith talking about religion itself. But here's the one that I'm most interested in for our purposes in this series. Live by faith. That's one of those cliches that we hear over and over and over again. Living by faith. I'm just trying to live by faith. And it's actually that phrase, living by faith, that most accurately describes what we're going to be talking about in this series. What it looks like to live by faith. Again, So familiar with the word faith. We use this word all the time. Even people who are not Christians or people who wouldn't consider themselves spiritual or very religious use the term all the time. It's very familiar, but it's awful fuzzy. And so we want to clear it up as we come to these cliches, as we come to this common word. And that's why we're doing this series, Faith Is. Now, probably more than anybody else in the scriptures, especially in the New Testament, the Apostle Paul writes about faith and describes faith. And I want to show you how he uses the word faith, whatever again, faith is, whatever it is, and we'll get to what it is. But he uses faith to describe the entire Christian life, the entire Christian experience, the entire experience and and reality of someone who knows God and follows God. 
For instance, he writes to the Romans in the first century. For in the gospel, the righteousness of God is revealed. For in the gospel, the word gospel means good news. The righteousness, think of the plan of God, the way of God. For in the good news, the gospel of Jesus Christ is what he's referring to. The righteousness of God, the plan of God is revealed. And that righteousness, that plan is by faith. From first to last, just as it is written, and Paul is... um, quoting now the prophet Habakkuk, Habakkuk 2.4 precisely, when he quotes him as saying, now as it is written, the righteous, God's people, people of God, people who are believing in God and following God, the righteous will live by faith. He used the phrase by faith to describe how people of God are to live their lives. Now, to the Galatians, he writes this. Clearly, no one who relies on the law, and by law, he's not talking about law as you and I know it. He's talking about the Mosaic law, the law of Moses, or the Old Testament law. He said, clearly, no one who relies on the law, the keeping the law of Moses, is justified before God, is made right. That's what the word justified means. Clearly, you're not made right before God by trying to do good or do better at keeping the law because, why? Here we go again. The righteous, God's people, people who are connected to God, people who pursue God, the righteous live by faith. Whatever faith is, the righteous live by faith, not by keeping the law, doing better at the law than someone else, keeping all the Ten Commandments, keeping nine of the Ten Commandments, keeping seven of the Ten Commandments, you know, doing a little bit better now than you used to, trying really hard in all your effort. No, no, no. That's not how we are accepted by God. We are accepted by God through faith. And then to the Corinthians, he writes this very simple. But it's a big statement. For we, talking about followers of God, live by faith, not by sight. We live by faith, not by what we see, not by what we understand. We live life, we do life, we go through this life by faith, whatever faith is. Not by figuring it out, not by figuring it out and touching it and, and being able to have it all in front of us and controllable. So we'll get to more of that in just a moment. But I want to show you one more thing. Even Jesus refers to this. After Jesus rose from the dead, he made a couple of physical appearances to his closest followers, his disciples. And I would have loved to have been there with the disciples that night when they were huddled together and Jesus just appeared in the room physically. And it freaked them out, right? As it would freak anybody out. And it's interesting that Jesus' response to them was what it was, and he calmed them down, and peace be to you. And, and then they had this great conversation with Jesus. Well, what's fascinating is one of the disciples named Thomas was not there when Jesus appeared to his disciples. He wasn't there. And when they told Thomas, hey, Thomas, Jesus appeared to us, just boom, right there in the room. Didn't come through a door, he just like appeared through the wall. Here he is, boom. Thomas was like, yeah, I don't know. I don't know about that. That's kind of far-fetched. I don't know if I can believe that. In fact, Thomas said, I I wouldn't believe what you're saying, that Jesus appeared to you in in flesh and bone kind of thing. I, I wouldn't believe it until I could see with my own eyes and touch the scars on his hands and his side. I believe it when I see it. 
And people give Thomas a hard time for that. They even call him names because of that, because of his doubt. But here's the deal. I, I would probably be the same way. So would you. I mean, think about it. If somebody that you love died and then one of your friends came to you and said, hey, I, I just had a conversation with him. Yeah, you probably would be a little skeptical. So here's what happened. A week later, Jesus appeared to his disciples again. And this time, Thomas was in the room. And he goes to Thomas, remembering and knowing what Thomas was struggling with, giving Thomas the opportunity to touch the scars and, and then to affirm his belief. Well, we're not sure if Thomas actually touched the scars or not, but we know for sure Thomas immediately became a believer in the risen Jesus right there in front of him. And watch what Jesus said to Thomas. This is about faith. Jesus told him, because you have seen me, Thomas, you have believed. Watch this. Blessed are those who have not seen, not seen what you've seen, not seen me in flesh and bone, and yet have believed. Who's he talking about there? He's saying, Thomas, you believe me because you've seen. But there are going to be a group of people who have not seen what you have seen who are not able to see what you have been able to see, and yet they choose to believe anyway. They choose to put their faith in me anyway. Blessed are those people. Hey, let me give you a hint. He's talking about us. He's talking about people like me and you. People who, you know, many years later, were not there when Jesus physically walked into the room after rising from the dead. But yet we believe he is the risen Savior of the world. And so Jesus is really talking about faith there. Faith. So, so what is faith? What, what, what is faith? And what does it mean to live by faith? Okay, before I give you a definition, let me real quickly just kind of dispel what faith is not. Let me just kind of start there, okay? Because it may help clear up some of the fuzziness. First of all, you need to know that faith is not about wishing. That's not what faith is. A lot of people think faith is just wishing. Like, some kind of random hope. Well, I really hope, well, I really hope, well, I really want this to happen. And I got my fingers crossed, you know, and I'm trying to live right and I'm trying to do right. And I'm just really, you know, uh, no, it's not wishing. It, it, it's so much more real than wishing. Faith also is not a feeling. And we all ought to be very thankful for that. Why? Because feelings are unreliable foundations for the things that matter the most. Now, I'm not saying feelings are not real. We all have feelings. I'm not saying that feelings don't matter. I'm just saying that feelings are not a reliable foundation to build upon when it comes to the things that matter the most. And you know why? You know why. We all know why. Feelings change. And sometimes they change with the wind. So faith is not about feelings. People say, well, I'm a man of faith because I feel a certain way. Or I, I must have weak faith and I don't have any faith because I feel, I doubt, and I don't feel strongly about this and I have questions and I just don't feel close to God. It has nothing to do with how you feel. It's not about wishing. It's not about feeling. And faith is also not a formula. This is huge. Faith is not a formula. We, we like to make everything into a formula because we like things black and white and we like to, you know, things, to make things as easy as possible and we love a guarantee. A plus B equals C. We, we love when A plus B equals C. That's, you know, that's the way we want to live life. 
It's called linear thinking. If you do this and you do this, then you get this result every single time. A plus B equals C. And people think faith is like that. If I do this, if I say this prayer and I go to church and then I do this and I don't do that, then boom, I'll get this outcome in my life. That is not how faith works. Now, when it comes to math and it comes to physics and it comes to science, formulas are your friend. But when it comes to life, And faith, you can't look at it like a formula because a lot of times in life, A plus B does not equal C. A plus B equals seven or three or Q or or, or something else, right? I mean, things don't always work out the way you hoped or want or pray. So when you think of faith and you think of a formula, if I do this, then I do this, then I do this, then I get this, then you're going to be greatly disappointed. So what is faith? This is what faith is not. There are a lot of great definitions of faith. I could give you some deep definitions, some theologically profound definitions, and I'm sure there is probably an official definition out there somewhere. And I've I've seen many and and read a lot. So I decided to come up with my own. For our purposes here, I've come up with a way that I think can help us get our hands around what faith is in a way that you and I can understand At least the way that I can understand, because I'm a simple-minded man when it comes to these kinds of things. I like things simple. Doesn't mean it's easy, but I think we can understand faith a whole lot better if we see it as trusting, living, and worshiping. When I can't see it, feel it, or know what's next. Faith is trusting, it's living, and it's worshiping. When I can't see it, when I can't feel it, And when I don't know what's coming next, in the next three weeks, starting in the next few minutes, but for the next three weeks, that's what we're going to talk about. This is the working definition we're going to have of faith. Okay, it's not very technical, not very profound, but I'm telling you, this works. This will help you understand what faith is. Trusting, living, worshiping. When you can't see it, you can't feel it, because it's not a feeling, and you don't know what's next, because it's not a formula. So today we're starting... We're starting with um, trusting. The faith is trusting when I can't see it, feel it, or know what's next. Let's talk about what faith is in terms of trusting Jesus. Trusting who God is. Especially when you don't understand what's going on in the world. What you don't understand what's going on in your life. Man, do we live in a time where it's hard to understand what's going on in the world. There's all these theories, there's all these conspiracies, there's all these, yeah, I bet I know, and I bet I know, but you know what? We don't know. And maybe there is somebody that knows, but they ain't talking, right? Not not reliably. Yeah, faith is trusting in God, trusting Jesus when you don't understand, when when you don't see it, when you don't feel it. It's trusting when you don't even want to because you don't feel like it anymore. Because you don't understand what's going on around you. You don't understand what's going on inside of you. And you certainly don't feel like continuing to, to do what you do and live as you live and follow God when there's so much confusion and you're like trying to figure it all out. Yeah, This is the time. This is the time we are called to trust. And when you have absolutely no idea how things are going to turn out. Now, a lot of people, a lot of people say that this kind of faith, trusting, 
is synonymous with the word belief. Now, there's a lot of truth to that. You can often, in the scriptures, use the word belief and trust and faith interchangeably. Right? But it's so important to understand what we mean and what we don't mean by belief. Okay? Because when we talk about belief in terms of trusting, trying to understand what faith is, we're not talking about just belief in something, as in something exists. No, it's, it's beyond that. We're not just talking about belief about something. You know, just believing facts about something, believing the stuff that you know about something. No, we are talking about belief on. Belief on God. Belief on Jesus. Belief on his promises. And the difference of on versus about or just in is that when you are believing on something, it brings you to a point of action and response and a next step. Now, we'll go further into that next week, but just know, just know, we're not talking about just belief in God, belief that God exists, or belief about God, stuff about God. When we're talking about belief on, that's trust. When you are believing on something, you're relying on it, you're depending on it, you're holding on to it to come through for you. That is what faith is. Trusting like that, believing on, and you can't see it. You can't feel it. You don't know what's next. Let me, let me illustrate it with this chair. This chair. I believe on this chair. You believe on this chair. In fact, you and I believe on most chairs. You know how I know that? Because we just come up to them and we have a seat. Right? It's belief on. It's not just belief in, right? I believe that chair exists, no. And it's not just belief about. This is a chair, and chairs hold people up. No, it's beyond that, it's belief on. I believe so much about this chair. I believe on it, I trust this chair. And I trust this chair so much, I didn't think anything about. Just coming over here and plopping my big bad self down on it, right? And I've done this so many times to so many chairs so often that most chairs, I don't even, I don't even think twice. It's automatic. It's an auto response. I see a chair and I see an opportunity to sit down. In fact, if I ever sat down on a chair or you ever sat down on a chair and it didn't hold us up and it hit the floor, we would be shocked. We would be surprised. Why? Because we've gotten so good at believing on and trusting on something like this chair to hold us together and hold us up. Imagine if faith in Jesus was like that, because it can be. Like it can become an auto response, like a well-worked muscle, a muscle that I don't have, right? A well-worked muscle is that the more you use it, the more you apply it, the stronger it gets, the better at it you get. That your auto response when you don't see and you don't feel it and you don't understand what's next is to trust and believe on the God who will hold you together. You know why that's so important? Because you and I simply need Jesus. And so we are to rely on him and lean on him. Depend on him. That's what believing on is about. That's what trusting is about. 
That's what faith is. It's trusting. You don't see it. You, you, you don't feel it. You can't feel it. You're not feeling it. You're not in the zone, whatever the zone is. And you have absolutely no idea what's going to happen next. Don't we live in a world where we have absolutely no idea what's going to happen next? But here's what I want you to understand. Your entire relationship with God, my entire relationship with God is based on this kind of faith. Understanding faith as trust or belief on. I want to take you back to the first verse that we highlighted when Paul wrote to the Romans, but I want to show you a different part. We read it, but I want to highlight it. For in the gospel, the righteousness of God is revealed. A righteousness, here it is. That is, by faith from first to last, from beginning to end, the whole thing is about faith. It's about trusting when you can't see it, you don't feel it, you don't know what's coming next. It's relying on, belief on the whole Christian life, your entire existence with God, your whole relationship when it comes to relating to God is this kind of faith. Being forgiven is by faith. Experiencing salvation is by faith. Facing problems is something you do by faith. Trusting God. You process life by faith, trusting in God. And I can promise you, when you face death and eternity, you will face death by and through faith, trusting and believing on God with everything you've got. The whole thing is about that. So here, here's just, let's just take a kind of time out now. Faith is trusting. You can't see it, feel it, and you don't know what's going to happen next. I want to ask you, just to take the last few minutes we have together, because we'll pick it up next week and go to the next element of this. But where do you need to exhibit that kind of faith in God, in your life, right now? So where are you having a hard time believing on, trusting, relying on, when you can't see it, feel it, don't understand it, you don't know what's going to happen next? Well, I want to suggest three common areas that I find people really struggling with this. And to be honest, that I find myself struggling when it comes to expressing faith like this to God in my life. Let me show you. The past. When it comes to the past and my past and your past and what's happened to us in our lives, that's an area where we have to trust God, but it is really hard to trust God. It's really hard to Believe on a God that maybe has not allowed your past to work out the way you wanted your past to work out in your mind. Come on, God. Things didn't work out the way I wanted. You look back at your past and it's not what you had hoped. It's not what you thought. It's not what you planned. It's not what you dreamed. It may not even be what you prayed. And you're stuck. You're stuck back there in the past. You can't get over it. You can't get past it because it's so unfair that's why a lot of people, going back to those cliches at the beginning, lose their faith or have left the faith because of what's happened to them in the past. They can't get beyond it. They can't seem to get over it. That's an area where they have to find trust in God. Faith, believing on. And here's what I mean by that. 
Trust that your past has brought you to where God wants you now. Not saying that your past was caused by God, those disappointing things, those horrible things, the things in your past that didn't work out. I'm not saying or suggesting that God caused those, but I am saying that God has directed you through those and has directed those events to get you to where you are now. I'm not saying that your past was planned by God, but I am saying that God will take your past and he will work it into the plan that he has for your life. So maybe that's where you need to exhibit trust in what happened or maybe what didn't happen or what never happened or what you think should have happened in your life, in your marriage, in your home, in your finances, with your career, with your health. You know, if this is you, if you're stuck in the past because it didn't work out the way you wanted or hoped or prayed, this is where you need to exhibit trust, faith. You don't see it. You don't feel it. You certainly don't know where this is all going. Another, another one, and it also starts with a P, the plan. Specifically, what's next? More specifically, the future. The future. This is where you need to trust. For some of you, this is your sticking point. It's like, okay, the past, well, yeah, well, the past is the past, but... I'm just really nervous, especially because the past didn't work out the way I wanted. I'm really nervous about the future, about the plan, what's coming down the pipe, you know, what, what, what's coming next. I, I was really nervous about this, and I don't know if God can be trusted. Now, you may not say that, but I think we've all, if we've been honest, have had feelings that feel a lot like that. I don't know if God can be trusted. He certainly can be. And he certainly must be. Because after all, what other option do you and I have? Right? If we're not going to trust God with the plan of our life, what's coming next, the future, whether it's we're talking this afternoon, tomorrow afternoon, next week, a year from now, 10 years from now, 50 years from now, if we're not going to trust God with our future, what's our other option? To control our future? So if we're not going to trust and rely on God and believe on him and fall on him, depending on him to direct us and to take care of us, what are we going to do instead? Control it all ourselves? We can't. We can't control things. We can't control people. We can't control life. As much as we want to be in control, we're just not in control. So not only do we have really no other logical option, it just makes sense. This may be your sticking point, is that you really need to trust because you don't see the plan, you don't feel the plan, and you don't know what's coming next in your life. It's time to trust. That's what faith is for us. One more, and it also starts with the P, provision. Maybe this is your sticking point. Specifically, whatever it is you need in your life right now, Whatever it is you need but you don't have, whatever it is you want and you feel like you need but you don't have, more specifically, often, it's financial things. Money. Now, I got to let you know that when it comes to money and, and financial provisions, this is often the toughest area to trust God with. This is most often the toughest area to put your faith in God concerning. It's odd, isn't it? That we, we trust in Jesus for our eternity and go to heaven when I die, but with my money, I don't know. I don't know. Why is that? 
because we attach so much of our well-being to money. We attach so much control to our financial stability and world. But I will let you know this. When faith begins to apply to your finances, your relationship with God goes to another level. When your faith touches your finances and you begin to trust God and believe on God to provide for you financially and you begin to honor him with his principles about trusting in him and honoring him financially, your relationship with God goes to another stratosphere and deepens more than you've ever known a whole new level. But that's hard. And this might be your sticking point. That, yeah, you're, you're, you're just not quite sure if you're going to have what you need because of all this COVID-19 stuff. You're not sure if you're going to have what you need because of the economy and the job market. And you don't know if you're going to have what you need because of maybe your health or because of... You fill in the blank. See, I, I think we're in a perfect opportunity in our world right now. You and me. And I don't even know what's going on in your life. But you do, and I can promise you, your Heavenly Father does. This is the perfect opportunity for us to learn what faith is. Faith is trusting. When I can't see it, when I can't feel it, I don't know what's next. When it, when it comes to my past, when it comes to the plan in the future, when it comes to provisions and what I need, what I don't have, this is the perfect opportunity. And I want to invite you to join with me in proclaiming our faith in God. And you say, well, I don't feel. Okay, it's not about feeling it. Yeah, but, but I still got questions. Yeah, me too. But it begins by us declaring our belief, not just in and not just about, but on our belief on the fact that God will take care of us. He can be trusted. That's what faith is, trusting. When you don't see it and understand it, and you don't feel it, you don't, maybe now you don't even want it. You don't know what's going to happen next. We are called to live by faith, to live that way. Now, some of you are like, I'm ready. Come on, let's do this. Let's do this. What's next? What's next? Okay, well, what's next is next week, and, and we'll get to what's next because there's a logical next step. Once you get the trusting, there's a next step, and we'll get there together. But for now, let's just settle into this proclaiming our trust in our Heavenly Father. With whatever the sticking point is in your life, you know what it is. He knows what it is. Let's come to Him together with it. Our Father... Thank you for making it clear to us that faith is the way. That you want us to live, that you want us to come to you, that you want us to relate to you. And faith is something that all of us can do. And faith is something that all of us can have. And faith is something that all of us can experience because all of us can trust. So may we trust not just believe in, not just believe stuff about you, but literally rely, believe on the fact that you care for us. Help us to trust. When we don't see and feel and understand what happened to us in the past, when we're not quite sure what's going to happen next in the future, and when we don't have what we feel like we need with our provisions, help us to trust. Give us the strength. Give us the courage 
to do just that. And I ask for my friends the very same thing that I'm asking for me, that you would help us increase in our faith, trusting you more than we ever have before. We won't get it right every time. It won't always be easy. In fact, often it will be very challenging. But you will empower us to do what you have called us to do. In Jesus' name, amen.